Greg and Dan Show on WMBD. Greg Batten, Dan DiOrio. We're lucky to have a friend named Angela Weck. She works at Bradley University, and she's also with the World Affairs Council. And Global Fest, congratulations on that event the other day, Angela. Uh, and you are our go-to person to let, help us understand all things Russia-related. Well, of course, when we first started talking to you, there wasn't a war happening. Uh, but now, lately, uh, of course, for the last year and some change, uh, there's a war at hand uh, as Russia invades Ukraine and continues to uh, uh, wreak havoc. Uh, and we just, uh, from time to time, need an update from you. First of all, good morning. Good to see you. Good morning. Thank you. Danny, I'll let you go. Well, this is a very crucial time. You know, it's very interesting. I'm reading Stephen Ambrose's book about D-Day. Two-thirds of the book is the logistics that went into D-Day, and then what happened that day. And it's amazing, the preparation, the the practice on various beaches. They tried to simulate Juno and Omaha and all this and that. And Putin throws 500,000 troops together and sends them out. I'm like, that's not going to work. But it's such overwhelming force that right now Ukraine's like, hey, we're running out of munitions uh, just to try to hold it back. Uh, This could be a very pivotal time in the war. You are correct. I think, um, and we're coming up on the one-year anniversary, February 24th is when they invaded. Okay, yeah. And... um, there are real concerns about bullets. I mean, just like the regular things you put in a rifle, let alone the missiles. And now if we supply them with tanks, the, the cannons that go or the, right. you know, the, the missiles that go in the cannons for the tanks, etc. And, you know, U.S. manufacturers have ramped up significantly, as have every other arms manufacturer that's in a, a NATO country. They are stepping up production of all things, particularly munitions. The... Um, this is Putin's legacy. He wants to win, and he's going to win at all costs. You know, so he conscripted three hundred thousand people late last year. He's uh, allowed the Wagner Group, the Wagner Group, to go into the prisons and recruit convicts and offer them some deal, either a shortened term or you know freedom if they go fight. They are not trained, and so they they are cannon fodder. Um, there's a description I read yesterday that was unbelievable of, of just these men being sent to slaughter. It was it was horrific, almost unbelievable. Yeah. And, you know, you think, oh, some of these guys are hardened criminals. They could go do that. It's not the same as, no, that, as no, being the one with the gun uh, yeah, and the other person's not armed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. A war is a, a whole different set of circumstances. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, um, you know, by conservative estimates on outside of the battle zone um, there's 200,000 troops Russian troops that have been killed because of course there's no Russian civilians necessarily living in Ukraine in the territories that Russia's trying to take over there may be Russian citizens um, but they chose to stay in Ukraine so now they're Ukrainian citizens but there's a similar number of Ukrainian troops and a whole lot of civilians who have died as a result of this war there was uh, a conversation maybe a couple of weeks ago uh, that someone, um, I'm, this is a silly way of saying it, but I can't, don't have another way of saying it. Somebody in the know in Russia said that they predicted a coup. Is that possible? Boy, we've been hearing that since day one. I know, but is it just popular conversation yeah. because we want some people want that to happen? But what's the what's the reality of that? Happening? It's a possibility always, but the likelihood is pretty slim. Um, just because he surrounds himself. Properly. 
and and he gets rid of anybody he thinks could be a possible threat. Got it. So Prigozhin, the guy who heads the Wagner group and getting all of those convicts to join the effort, um, there are rumors that he's going to mount an opposition in the 2024 election. And there are enough, you know, ultra nationalist Russians who support Wagner and his, you know, and, and Prigozhin and the the approach he's taking to just just wipe them out, just right, wipe them out. Right. But, but he, and then that's the scariest part. Putin still is somewhat rational. Putin still wants to be part of the West and wants to be recognized. The people behind him are the madmen. And, and if he goes, we could get much worse, couldn't we? Oh, if Prigozhin takes over, we will get much worse. Yes. I mean, so, so even though Putin waged this war, he's still doing it, yes, brutally, but in a somewhat calculated manner because he has other weapons that could be okay. far worse than what he's doing. You guys both have to educate me then. Why? Why? What, what is this other dude's deal? Why would it be worse? He is a mercenary. His group is a mercenary group. Oh, so and he, they've been around the world. They've been in Mali. They've allied with a variety so that's of just African his thing. leaders. That's his thing. No holds barred. Right. I mean, whatever yeah, it takes poison to, gas, okay. yeah, tactical whatever it nuclear takes weapons. To win, yeah. We use it. Okay. And so far, yeah, we haven't resorted to the things that are truly illegal like gas or So wait a minute. So just so I'm clear because you get lost I get lost on names. So is he the guy that might run against Putin? Yeah. The, the head of okay, the Okay, that's the Wagner same guy. The, the head of yeah. the Wagner group might run. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, what is the likelihood of uh, a fair election? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. But but to be fair, yeah. you know, so Navalny, the guy that's out in jail still, okay. um, who ran against Putin, was also a pretty conservative um, nationalist. Um, but but he didn't have like the military behind him or, you know, the people willing to take up arms behind him. Um, Prigozhin might have that. Okay. There are a lot of people complaining about Putin is not taking the heavy hand he needs to take to bring this to an end. And okay, so you have the oligarchs. Okay. They got fat and happy off of Putin. They don't want this new group coming in because it's going to destroy their connection to the West and the banks and contracts and wealth would they have an influence on in, in the election? Because they love the corruption that Putin represents. They're buddies with him. It's a, it's, it's a fat cat deal. They'd love to. I mean, some of them are turning against Putin, but they certainly don't want this far right group coming in, right? Well, but he's one of the oligarchs, and so he has oh. his allies oh, among please. that upper yeah. class. So wow. it just depends on who has more of that wealth and power behind them. I am not going to pretend that the story I'm about to tell you means anything other than it's the only story I have. Year, a number of years ago, well, well before this all started. I was at a dinner. I think we were celebrating Russian Christmas. Is that a, that's something? Yes. Uh, and it was a family here in Peoria that was invited this family who were a uh, um, um, husband and wife. Both worked at Caterpillar, both born and raised in Russia. Had only been in the United States for a number of years, right? Probably 40 years old. And they struck me with this conversation. This conversation struck me because they said they grew up literally hating America and thinking that we were these evil, satanic, worshiping, just just horrible, horrible people until they went on a field trip in high school or college or something and their eyes opened up. They didn't go to the United States. They went to Europe. Uh, and then, long story short, they've lived here. They think this is an amazing place, and they're mad that they've been lied to. 
they're mad that they've been lied to. What is the average person in Russia? Is the average person in Russia being lied to? Or but the world has got so much information. How can you still not know? How can you still not know? Well, I'll, I'll counter that with my story. When I went to Russia the very first time as a college student, my father absolutely believed the Soviet Union was the evil empire. And I was going against his wishes, and he told me, don't get in trouble, because don't call. I won't come and help you. So we had the same ideas about them. And thankfully, with the Internet and exchanges today, we do know a great deal about each other. And I can't blame the Russian people, but the challenge is they are being lied to. The Putin administration apply so much pressure to all media outlets to try to control the message Mm -hmm. that this is a NATO um, offensive, um, that it's a a, a war with the United States, that we have troops on the ground. When they were going to fight Nazis there for a while, that was part of the narrative (laughs) early on anyway. And and there are still people who will embrace that idea. And, you know, it's a control of the media is a control of the people and Mm -hmm. the people are under control. They have access and they have news and they immediately delete it from their phones. Um, But what do you do about it? You live in a country where if you start talking about the war and you actually call it the war, it's still a special operation. (laughs) And so, you know, if you call it the war and or my son, my brother died in the war, you can actually be arrested for that and sent to prison for a, a good period of time because you have said lies about the government. And so, you know, outside media sources have been shut down. Media that's actually been, you know, true journalists looking for the actual facts um, have fled the country because they've been pegged as enemies of right, the state. Right. So if you control the message, you control the people. Yeah. There, are, there are some on the conservative side that are questioning Russia, uh, Ukraine's validity about corruption. Well, Zelensky just cleaned house on some uh, of... Uh, uh, some of the corruption within his government and really hasn't had time to address corruption because he hadn't been in there that long. So, But some conservatives are like, well, we'll fund them to a degree. Others are saying, well, this is crucial because if Ukraine falls, then comes Poland, then comes the Baltic states. Moldova has already said that they're preparing for a possible, possible Russian invasion. Based on history, do you think more than not, that uh, Putin has designs beyond just Ukraine? Well, you're reading the book about World War II. Doesn't this sound <laughs> awfully parallel to Hitler's yeah. little plans about just regathering people who are like him? And then mm-hmm. I won't take any more. Um, I, I believe that Putin has a vision of his empire, yeah. and his legacy is to recreate the empire. He doesn't want the pesky little you know, stands, you know, Tajikistan and Uzbekistan maybe, but he certainly wants the European side, and he mm-hmm. certainly wants um, access to the Gulf of Finland and, and, and the Baltic Sea, unfettered. Um, I think that we should have real worries. If he had had quick success in Ukraine, I think those yeah. would be his goals. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that the Ukrainians are willing to use their own blood, sweat, and tears. You know, anytime a great deal of money is thrown at anything, there's going to be corruption. I mean, let's look at Chicago. Right. But in other circumstances, however, you know, if even 90% is getting to where it needs to go, then That's we don't send doing. any troops. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're not losing American lives on the soil sure, of Ukraine. Sure. So I think we should send them whatever they need as often as they need it and as long as they need it to keep the war 
between Ukraine and Russia yeah. and not between our NATO allies, which would require U.S. lives. Angela Weck at Bradley University, World Affairs Council. Uh, do you have a World Affairs Council event coming up anytime soon? At the end of March, we have a fabulous international journalist who's going to t- come and talk about Iran. Good. So March 30. We will uh, have you back before that. Good. It's good to see you. Thanks so much.